Morning, everybody. Morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. Amen. We're a little thinned out, but we're here. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We'll still have a good time in the Lord. That's right. Amen. <clears throat> I want to say happy birthday to Sister Walker. Amen. And uh, after service this, this morning, uh, we will be having cake in the fellowship hall. So, amen. To celebrate. Amen. Her her youth. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Yes. Tuesday. Okay. But we're having yeah, we're having a birthday celebration. So I know there's there's probably going to be others kind of coming in uh, as we get started here. But we'll just go ahead and we'll get started. So uh, let's see what was. One of the announcements, uh, those of you that want to donate to the, uh, the books that we're using for the, for the class on Monday, the convert, new convert class, uh, are, are already, we already received some offerings uh, for that donation. So if any of you want to uh, donate, you could either give the donation to myself. Uh, I don't know if Brother Dan and Sister Dina will be here today because they're under the weather, so... Uh, myself or Sister Melissa, uh, we want to get that order off as soon as we can. So uh, and that's for 13 books. So uh, all of you that want to help with that, you can help with it. And this Friday uh, will be ministerial development. So everyone, if the weather's good, we'll we'll be able to get these brethren up here and get the word of the Lord to you. Looking forward to that. Praise God. So I think those are the only two announcements I have this morning. So if you'd all stand like that, Brother Aaron, if you'd come lead us in prayer. Musicians and singers, come on up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good to see you in the house of God. Obviously, God's been good to us. He kept us during this past week. And we're starting off a new week. We're going to start off right, amen. looking to him and asking for his blessings. And amen. Thank you for that. Uh, thank the Lord for his blessing of grace. If it wasn't for his grace, well, none of us wouldn't be here. So. And you think about, uh, we come together like this and, and, and you know, we're united. Amen. One mind, one accord, we're united in our faith. And, you know, that's. You know, when we're like that, then that brings, you know, the, the presence of God is even even more manifest. Yeah. Amen. Even by our faith, our mutual faith. So let's have that. Let's have faith today in him. And let's pray and invite him in here. That he can have his way and that we can all be, amen, whatever our need is, amen, he'll meet that need. Yes. And we'll be encouraged. Amen. And I know we will because God, he will never fail. Amen. Amen. Let's all pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, uh, I'll pray for uh, Sashin Six Toes. She needs special prayer. She's going into the hospital, so let's remember her. Amen. In fact, let's pray right now. And then, amen. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you have mercy, Father. Let your grace abound for Sister Sashin, Father. You know her need, Father. Amen. She needs a touch from you, O God. Healing. 
Even I pray, O oh God, to your Holy Ghost, minister to your heart also, Father. She'll understand, O oh God, she needs you. She'll call upon your name in faith. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, O oh God. And have your way, O oh God. We look to you, Father. Amen, mighty God. Let your presence be with us. We, we come together in your name. Bless your service this morning. Bless each and every one of us, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, that amen, we're here, Father, to hear your word. And, and bless the man of God. Bless Pastor Harold Marshall. Father, use him anointing to preach your word. And let us receive, Father. Amen. And walk in thy ways, Father. And let's all bring glory and honor to thy name. Amen. Just start to speak off, O oh God. Look into you to acknowledge you. For we need you, O oh God. And lead us and guide us. Bless our testimony, Father. Amen, Lord God. We need you, Father. We thank you, Lord God. Amen. Let your anointing be upon the song leader, musicians, amen, the singers, amen, the Sunday school teachers, the helpers, the ushers. Oh God, just pour your spirit upon us. Let our cups, oh God, be overflowing, oh God. And let us hunger and thirst after righteousness, oh God. We thank you for liberty, oh God. We look to you, we reverence you, we love you, Father. Have your way. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. Amen. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that wonderful name. Amen. We thank you, Lord God. We love you, Father. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen.
younger Sunday school class can be dismissed at this time, the Hogger class, and the rest of you can stay in here this morning. We'll see what we can glean. to be in the house of God. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of God. We had a really good time in here Friday evening. Amen. Good time and the youth youth uh, group and uh, had some snacks afterwards. It was something that was just amen, just being able to come in here and just to have a good time of fellowship and a good time of, of the word Amen. and all the things that uh, we do during that time. Actually, uh, it's fun. You can take the word of God like that and you could, you could uh, have fun around it. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Amen. Challenging too at times, yeah. but there's nothing wrong with being challenged. That's right. Yeah. And it makes you stay on your toes. Amen. I have to say my, to myself, after all this time, should be able to uh, memorize all the different things that we have been asked about. And I know sometimes, uh, you know, we just have to get it down to where we can know it like it's nothing. But it's just kind of... Uh, something just to be able to get your mind to that place where you can always remember the word of God. Amen. Remember certain things, not just as far as quoting scripture is concerned, but even in, in the scripture, uh, chapter and verse, and even uh, things that follow a certain chronological order. And uh, a lot of times we kind of misplace certain things, but that's, that's to me, that's, a, that's kind of fun to do that. It's also challenging to do that because you find out really how good your your mind is, your memory banks are, and uh, so it keeps you on your toes. But I, I really want to uh, thank Brother Dan and Sister Dina for doing that, and even um, the the younger people, the younger generation, for their uh, participation in it. I mean, they're they're to a point now where I believe that uh, they they obviously. They, they know and they're coming to learn certain things they've never known before and what that's good to see mm-hmm. uh, see them pick them up on it so had a good time that was a good time that was a fun time I, we had and and of course uh, you know just being able to come together for fellowship that was really something special so amen thank you very much everybody for amen. being here Friday evening Participating. Even even us adults need to go. Yeah. 
dust off of the cobwebs off of our memory kind of sharpen up our memory and where things are put things in the proper place <clears throat> I want to talk about uh, something uh, this morning minister and uh, I'm trying to see where I want to begin two portions of scripture that I'm dealing with right now <clears throat> to to begin with. I'm just trying to decide which one uh, I want to begin with. That's, that's the thing. Uh, but what I want to talk to everybody about this morning is about uh, our covenant and the covenant that he has made with us, of course, uh, in in the in the Hebrew, the Hebrew word for covenant is the Hebrew word bereith or bereth, and uh, what it means is it means just simply this: uh, covenant bereith. It means a contract between contracts between men. Uh, when you make a covenant, you make a contract. And uh, contracts between men and between God and men. And just to kind of help you to understand a little bit, or just to kind of direct your minds uh, in a way where you can understand, uh, Marion Webster's dictionary says this it's a formal binding agreement. A formal binding agreement. It's a uh, to pledge, it's to promise, it's to swear our vow. Mm -hmm. So those are all the things that entail the word, uh, uh, the Greek, the Hebrew, excuse me, berith, and talking about covenants. So uh, we do, we are enjoined in a covenant with him. Did you know that? Amen. Mm -hmm. We are enjoined with in a covenant with Him, and um, the when we talk about uh, the covenants and and in all this, um, uh, there's one thing that I, that I want you to understand. We're we're going to take a look at that this morning, so you can you can gain some insight concerning the covenants. But the covenant that we have come to right now is a covenant that is has been connected to all the other covenants in the scripture back going into the Old Testament. And the covenant that we are in right now with him is what we would call uh, a progressive covenant. A progressive covenant. So when we when we think about that that it being progressive and, and by that I mean uh, God is a is a covenant keeping God mm -hmm. yeah. he's a covenant keeping God and uh, a progressive covenant is means this it's continuous it's continuous and connected in series increasing in extent mm -hmm. so in other words all the covenants that he's made with us up to this point with mankind since began his covenant, they were all progressive covenants. 
progressive covenants. In other words, you know what? He, he basically what he did was he, he added on to each covenant that he made with his people. The extent of the covenant. Promises concerning the covenant. And all this. So it, it, it grew. And obviously uh, because it was, his covenant was progressive. Uh, basically uh, showing to us the, the uh, as far as us being recipients of that covenant is a result of him uh, blessing us and even giving us the promise of, of the covenants that he's made with, uh, with men all the way back in time. And so all these covenants work together for us. And he did it for a certain reason. I, I, he did it for this so that we can understand. Of course, hidden inside those covenants was also the revelation of the greatest covenant that he's made with man. And so we understand that. So uh, that's interesting when we think about it because we don't realize what we have right now because of our obedience to his word and the covenant that we, he has made with us and we have made with him. Any agreement that a person makes with somebody, a promise of an agreement, is always hinged or it's based upon stipulations. Do you understand that? Amen. Stipulations. In other words, there's certain things that are put in place concerning the covenant that each side, each each side has to abide by. So God made His covenant with us, and then uh, uh, we have we have uh, obviously made His covenant. Did you realize that keeping His covenant? Here's something interesting. Can can any of you? Uh, remember the first covenant that God has made with mankind? All you Bible, all you theologians, you Bible studiers, if I want to say it that way. Can anybody remember the first covenant he made? We see signs of that first covenant even to this day. Oh, yeah. Rainbow. 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 The rainbow. The bow in the sky. So when he when he promised back then, he promised, uh, and I'm talking about what's there in Genesis, in the book of Genesis. When he promised them, this is this is what he said, and God said unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. I'm, I'm making this covenant with you. And he said, and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl of the cattle, of the fowl of the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of flood of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. So that was his covenant. I'm not going to destroy mankind like I just did. I just passed judgment on the entire world because of sin. And so I want to make this covenant with you in between every living creature and even with the earth. Wow. And so, and so he spoke that and then uh, <clears throat> he said in verse 12, and I'm reading out of Genesis 9, uh, he said, and God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you 
and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations, for the ongoing generations. And it shall come to pass, uh, he said, and, and I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. So every time we see that rainbow in the cloud, that is a sign of the covenant that he made with man and every living creature and, and the earth that he will no longer, he will not destroy the earth by water mm -hmm. anymore. That's, that's something, isn't it? Amen. So when we see that rainbow in the, in, in the clouds, you know what? That tells you right there. Because we still see that rainbow in the clouds, guess what? God is a covenant-keeping God. Amen. Amen. God keeps his promises. Amen. Amen. And that's a sign. He's reminding us. Look what's happening in this world right now. Yeah. Look what we're experiencing in this nation. The lawlessness, the ungodliness, the... Uh, the immorality, the abominations that are taking place every day. And, and for that reason, you know, God has every right. He can punish mankind for that. But you know what? Every time it rains and every time that rain, uh, uh, it, it comes to a stop, guess what? He puts his bow in the cloud yeah. to remind, amen, men of his promise yeah, and to remind himself of his promise. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. What does that tell you about his word? What does that tell you about his promises? That he is a God that does not lie. That's Amen. right. Amen. So we see that. And you go there. Well, let's go there. I guess I, guess I know where I'm going to start right now. In the same book in chapter 17. And... Uh, Genesis 17, we might do a little reading here, not too much. It's only, we'll only read uh, 14 verses, if that's all right with you. I'll be the one reading, just follow along with me. Verse number 1, 17, if you're there. And, and when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, 99 years old, <clears throat> the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. Okay? Look, look at what he's saying here. Remember, when there's a covenant, when there's a contract, when there's agreement, there's always stipulations. Mm -hmm. So he says, uh, I will make my covenant between me and thee and, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of, pay attention, of many nations. Amen. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. 
something interesting. Do, do you remember what Paul was talking about in the book of Galatians and in the book of uh, Romans chapter 8 and, and Galatians chapter 4 where he referred to him as Abba Father. Look what he calls Abraham. Abraham. Abba is a word that is synonymous of the Hebrew word or Abraham. Father. So he called his, his name was Father, but he said, your name's going to change and you're going to be called Abraham. In other words, you're going to become the father of many nations. Okay? So in other words, him is, is, is a plurality of, of whatever uh, word is used. So when he said a father, he said, you're going to be a father of many nations. That's why Abraham, the father of many nations. That's interesting, isn't it? Amen. And we see that. So, so uh, then he said, um, I will make thee, verse 6, I will make thee exceeding fruitful. Look, look at the promises now. I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for look what he says an everlasting covenant you see that there right there an everlasting covenant when does that covenant end it doesn't end that's right to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So, so we see this. Then he goes on, he says, verse number 9, And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant. Now here comes here comes the stipulation. He just got telling. He just, he just finished speaking to him about the promises of the covenant. Amen. The promises. Everybody say promises. Promises. The promises of the covenant. Now he's going to speak to him about the stipulation. This is what you need to do. This is, this, this is what I want to do for you. That was what the Lord was saying. Abraham, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. You're going to be blessed. Huh? Kings are going to come out of you. So he made those promises. Now here comes the other part. He, he made those promises to Abraham. And now comes the part that Abraham has to, amen, obey so that those promises can become effective. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Look what he says. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. So in Abraham, in other words, if you want to be the inheritor of this covenant, guess what you need to do? You need to be circumcised. Hallelujah. Let that sink in for a while. For a few moments here. Just let that sink in. 
all these promises? He just, he just spoke to him about all the promises of the covenant. He said, Abraham, this is all for you, believe it or not. This is what I'm going to do for you, but here's what you need to do for me. Amen. You need to be circumcised. Hallelujah. That is the sign, that is the seal of the covenant that uh, we have made between one another. Mm -hmm. This is you saying, I'm just paraphrasing, Abraham, this is you saying that you believe everything I've just told you and you want to enjoin in this covenant. It's interesting because when you go to, when you study the scripture and, and, and you talk about uh, when the people of Israel came out of uh, Egypt and they, Moses led them to Mount Sinai and there the Lord said, I want, I want you to gather there, then I'm going to meet with you, I'm going to come down unto you. And of course everybody knows what happened there at Mount Sinai and, and, and how the Lord came down and he brought the law and all this. And, and, and of course... What, what happened? The law and then uh, the, the law of, of sacrifices were, were brought to the uh, people of Israel through the Levitical priesthood. So the law of sacrifices were brought in that. But when you look at the, the scripture, it talks about them coming to Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb. It's referred to as Mount Horeb. And in other passages, it's referred to as Mount Sinai. So let me tell you something. Here's the thing. Mount Sinai signifies the law that was given and brought to Israel. Amen. Mount Horeb, when it's referred to as Mount Horeb, Horeb means this, it's, it's the cutting of the covenant. So actually Horeb means that when God brought this covenant to them, he brought the law, he referred to it as Horeb. In other words, this covenant had to be cut. And that's what happens when you when you uh, circumcise, you have to cut. Amen. And and the other the other uh, uh, word that they use when they explain uh, Mount Horeb, it means this: the cutting of the covenant. Amen. Ooh, that's interesting, isn't it? Amen. There's there's, Amen. there's reasons why the Word of God says certain things and says at certain times. Yep. Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb. In other words, the cutting the covenant has to be cut. Can, can you, you understand that? Amen. Let that sink into your minds a little bit here. Just let it sink into your minds because uh, a lot of times we don't realize, amen, what it is about our relationship with God. We need to have a relationship with Him. And this is, when we enter into a covenant with God, we enter into a relationship. And of course, many People that uh, study the scripture, they're always talking about the covenant relationship. Yeah. Abraham and every, every, uh, every Hebrew, every Jew after that entered into a covenant relationship with God. In other words, when God revealed to him the, the promises and the stipulation of his covenant, guess what they did? They obeyed and they, because of their obedience and they obeyed what God prescribed for them to do, guess what? They entered into a covenant relationship. Mm -hmm. and, and I want you to see this in the book of Romans, if you want to go there, in chapter 15, and look what the Apostle Paul says now. Now we just got talking about 
the covenant in the Old Testament in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 17. I just explained to you everything about that covenant. And you go, you go here in Romans chapter 15 and right around verse number 8, look what he says. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. Does everybody see that? He is, he was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. Look what he's saying. A minister for the circumcision, the cutting for the truth of God. Okay? Now look what he says. To confirm the promises made unto the fathers. To confirm the promises made to the fathers. In other words, everything that he spoke to Abraham and to every Jew, every Israelite after that, those promises, he said, he's here to confirm those promises. Amen. He's here to confirm them because he is the minister of the circumcision uh, for the truth of God. So he's here to cut, amen, that, that covenant. He's here to cut it. And to confirm the promises mm -hmm. given to the fathers. Now look what he says. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. So in other words, what's he saying here? He's, he's here to confirm the promises that he made with the fathers, with, the, with all the Israelites, Abraham and everybody after that. But he's also here to confirm the promises that he's going to give to the Gentiles. Amen. 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 Let's let it sink in a little bit. That the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this cause I will confess thee to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. Wow. In other words, guess what? Remember I said this was a progressive covenant? This was a, 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 a covenant that Started out in the beginning and he just slowly basically added to it, built it up until he came to this covenant, Amen. the New Testament covenant. Amen. Okay? You read there, uh, go with me to Hebrews chapter 8. And uh, you'll see there in, in Hebrews chapter 8, uh, Hebrews chapter 8, and, and this is what it says. Uh, right around verse number 6. We, we might do a little reading here in Hebrews chapter uh, 8. And uh, well, back up a little. I think I, I think I missed. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We just talked about, go, yeah, you can go to the Hebrews chapter 8. Put your finger right there. But back up a couple chapters. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. Remember, we just got done talking about him confirming the covenant. Jesus Christ was the minister uh, for the circumcision of the truth. That he was here to confirm the promises 
made to the fathers. So he was the minister of the circumcision of the truth, but he was here to confirm. Everybody say confirm. confirm. You know what that means, confirm? Come on now, folks. To confirm. What do you do when you confirm something? Do you agree? You let, you let, when you confirm something, you're saying, this is it. It's still valid. Huh? You, it's still valid. It still has force. Huh? It's still law. So you confirm it. In other words, he came to confirm his promises. He said, hey, you know what? All the promises that God spoke to Abraham and all the fathers, guess what? It, they're still good. They're still good. Yeah. So in other words, so if they were... Amen. Wow. So here, here's, here's something about this. You go to Hebrews chapter uh, 6. And, and you read there in, in Hebrews chapter 6. And you start with uh, right around verse number 9 there. Look what it says. It says, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. And things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. So there are things that accompany salvation. What you and I did as far as obeying God's word. Being born again of water and of the spirit. So there are things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward his name that in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end that you that you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end pay attention to that because you and I have hope Always remember that. In whatever situation we are in, whatever we're going through right now, we have hope. Amen. A lot of people don't have hope. He said the full assurance of hope unto the end. In other words, from, from right now until the end, guess what? You and I have hope. Amen. We're not left That's right. by ourselves. Amen. Okay? So he says... That ye might that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. What was what did God do? He promised Abraham some things, didn't he? And Jesus came to confirm those promises, didn't he? And here he's talking about uh, Amen. These promises that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So through faith and patience, guess what? We inherit the promises, okay? For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore, he swore by himself. So, so, so what, what did I say at the beginning of all this in, in the covenant? When, when the covenant was made, when the covenant was made, uh, it, it was, it was a, 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 a a formal binding agreement and it involved a pledge it involved a promise and and 
swearing or to swear or to make a vow. So in other words, a covenant was this when they came together and they cut that covenant, you know what? And they, they made that vow. They said, hey, this is the covenant that I'm going to make with you. And they made that vow and they swore to that vow. Huh? So, look what Paul's saying here. He said, verse number 13, For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Remember, when people make a vow, they always swear by great things. Yeah. Or great, even by names and all this kind of, um, on this kind of stuff. He could swear by no greater. <laughs> Why is that? Because he is the greatest of yeah. all. Amen. That's right. Amen. He could swear by no greater. He swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily, look what he says, swear by the greater. And an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. In other words, so when they make that when they make that promise and they make that oath of that promise, they say, hey, it's settled. When you go by that, that word, it's settled. Okay. And, and, and that's what he, he means by when Abraham promised to, when God promised to Abraham what he was going to do, his promise to him, and he could swear by no greater, guess what Abraham said? Hey, I'm satisfied. Huh? Because I know your word is sure. Wow. Okay. So he says, uh, he says, wherein God, verse number 17, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. The immutability of his counsel. In other words, guess what? Here's the thing. You cannot take it back. Right. He cannot take it back. He spoke it, and it is put into it is put into action. Amen. So he cannot take it back. The immutability of his counsel, uh, and, and so he says, he says uh, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. In other words, so anyway, anyway two mutable things. Guess what? That oath. God made that oath with us and says, hey, I'm, I, I'm going, I want to bless you. How many of you want to be blessed? Amen. I want to bless you. That was the first immutable thing. He made, it, he made that promise. The second thing, the, the second immutable thing was this. He's not a liar. That's right. He's going to keep his word. Amen. We're not as poor as we think we are. That's right. Huh? Amen. You don't need money. You don't need gold. You don't need material wealth to be material wealth to be rich. That's right. Huh? That's what the world thinks. But those aren't the true riches. Amen. Let me tell you something. Here's the thing. With God, it's it's different. 
Because to be truly rich means to be rich when you walk in the fashion that God wants you to walk. If you walk up, walk before him uprightly in righteousness, amen, when he, when he cuts that covenant with us and he, he gives us the stipulation of that covenant, and if we obey that, that's his righteousness, not ours. That's right. That's his righteousness. And so when we do that, we, we, uh, uh, what we do is we secure that promise. We secure that promise so we become, guess what, heirs of his promise. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to make you exceeding great. Amen. In other words, we're going to be blessed spiritually. And here's the thing. If you're going to be blessed spiritually, you're going to be blessed materially and financially. That doesn't mean you're going to become a millionaire. That's right. That means you're going to have access to the things that God will give us so that we can live a prosperous life. Amen. Amen. Is that understandable? Amen. Yes. I hope it's not going over your heads this morning. You all understand it? Okay. Let's get into it some more then. So he says that. Uh, he says, so that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. So we see, okay, we see. Now, <clears throat> you go to the same book in Hebrews chapter 8. Same book. Just turn over a couple of chapters here. A page or two. Look what he says. Somebody might say, well, what, 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 here's the thing about this covenant. It's really important for us to understand why we need to walk upright. Amen. Amen. We need to be upright. Amen. That's important for our salvation. It's also important for our inheritance. Amen. Our spiritual inheritance. The promises given to us. That's the stipulation that God requires of us to be upright. Amen. Amen. So we see here, because, amen, we see here in, in Hebrews chapter 8, verse number 6, let's start with, and uh, we see here, in, and it says this, But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Everybody see that? He's obtained a more excellent ministry, and then he's a mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Hallelujah. So in other words, all the other covenants, all the other covenants, the promises that were given, this covenant is established upon better promises. Better 
promises. How do we, what is so significant about that? Why is our, the promises given to us, why is it that uh, it's established upon better promises? What is the difference between the covenant he made with Abraham and the covenant he made with Israel? What is the difference between this covenant and that covenant? And as he said, it's established on, upon better promises. So he says this, for if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. So if that first covenant was a faultless covenant, no place should have been sought for the second covenant. Okay? So so let me let me explain something to you here, just so you can understand. The first covenant he's talking about is the Old Testament covenant that he made with Israel when they came out of Egypt. When they came to Mount Sinai and he brought the law and all this. And, and he brought the uh, he, the law, the word of God, and he established the people of Israel and, and all that. So that's the first covenant. And he said, uh, he said this, uh, then should no place have been sought for the second, verse number seven, the second covenant. What's the second covenant? It's the New Testament covenant. Mm -hmm. So he says, for finding fault with them, he said, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So I'm going to make a new covenant. Why? Because I found fault with them. Mm -hmm. How did he find fault? Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant when I regarded them not. And I regarded them not, saith the Lord. So they didn't continue in the covenant. He's talking about Israel. Why was it they didn't continue in the covenant? Does anybody know? What did you say? They didn't have it in their hearts. They didn't have it in their hearts. Yeah. Huh? They didn't have it in their hearts to really, what did the Bible say? They, they didn't believe. Mm -hmm. That was an outward. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what? Here's the, here's the thing. Back then they struggled with unbelief. Back then they struggled with faith. Back then they struggled with disobedience. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That's human nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Amen. Human human nature always seems to question. Doesn't want to believe. That sounds too good. Yep. Yes, it does, but it's the truth. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Right. Human, human nature always wants to disobey. Yep. Amen. Always wants to question God. Yep. That's human nature. Yes. We're like that. Amen. And human nature always wants its will. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Don't want to have faith. Yep. So that was their problem. They were disobedient. They had unbelief. They didn't have faith. Of course, you know, how could they do that when they were in the flesh? Yeah. Huh? That's right. Their flesh basically overwhelmed them. 
So because of that, and, and you know, here's the thing about the Israelites. They always try to make claim to that. Uh, I'm a son of Abraham. Yeah. Remember what Paul said? He talked about that according to the flesh. In other words, I'm a son of Abraham. I'm of the tribe of so-and-so. So they always try to make claim of, to the flesh. But guess what? Their flesh didn't save them. That's right. That's right. Ooh, that's why we got to be careful yeah, yeah. of this thing right here. Once in a while, you have to give it a really hard pinch. Yeah. Say, behave. Yeah. yeah. When it tries to rise up, because it always tries to rise that's up. Right. We all know that, don't we? Yeah. Every day it tries to impede our faith. That's right. Impede our progress. Oh, don't go to church this morning. You could take a break. Yeah. Oh, it snowed last night. You could stay home. Uh, flesh always comes up with yeah. some kind of ideas. And we always, you know, the thing about it is we always looking at them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why the first covenant failed them. It wasn't a perfect covenant. That's right. You know why? Because the law was on the outside. Yes, that's it. The law was on the outside. They, they, they could go back to the law and they could read the law and it was, it was outside. They could read it, they could look at it, but it, the difference was it wasn't on the inside. That's right. Yeah. And so that's why that covenant failed. And that's what he said. He said in verse number eight, for finding fault with them, he saith, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. Look what he says. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Yes, that's it. So in other words, what was the difference? The difference was this. God said, hey, I'm going to put my spirit in them. Yes. Woo. Thank you. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to write my laws in their hearts and in their minds. So the law is not going to be on the outside. That's right. The law is going to be on the inside. Amen. It's going to be written on their hearts. It's going to be written yes. on their minds. And guess what? Because of that, they are going to know me. Yes. Amen. Big difference. Amen. Big difference. Amen. So we see that. We see that uh, this covenant is built upon better promises. God is giving us grace. Amen. He's giving us favor. Amen. He's Amen. helping us. Amen. That's interesting because you can put it all you can put it all together. What I was teaching on uh, last week about Jesus being the firstborn of many brethren. Yeah. Huh. He was the firstborn of many brethren. In other words, he wasn't the only one. He wasn't the only human being that was going to be spirit-filled. That's right. There are going to be others after him. He just came. 
he fulfilled what God wanted him to do, guess what? He cut the covenant. He cut the covenant. He came, and, and you know, in, in the old covenant, you know what they had to do? In the old covenant, they had to bring those animal sacrifices. Yeah. They had to bring the sin offerings. They had to bring the burnt offerings. They had to bring the peace offerings. Yeah. And so they cut the covenant. They cut the covenant. And you know what the sign of that covenant was, of acceptance of that covenant was? Uh, it, it, pay attention to this once. Because historians always say this when they talk about the covenant in the Old Testament. What happened when Abraham offered up uh, the, the, the heifer and the she-goat and, and the animals? And I, and I believe that was in, in, in uh, Genesis 15. When he offered them up, the Bible says that uh, he had to fillet his sacrifices. He cut the sacrifices in half. He had to fillet them and he laid them on the altar. But the, but the birds, he just left whole. So what was a sign that God accepted his covenant? God always has a sign. A manifestation that he accepts a covenant. What was a sign that he accepted Abraham's covenant? Does anybody remember? That fire came down and it passed through the divided parts of that of his sacrifices. Amen. That was a sign that the Lord said, hey, okay, you did it just like, exactly as I instructed you to do it. So that fire came down. It was an acceptable acceptable sacrifice. It was a sweet-smelling savor unto him. Man. Amen. And so here we go. We get into the, uh, the Old Testament covenant with the people of Israel. When they came after they came out of Egypt, and here he what he did was he instructed them about the sacrifices and and amen and all this and how to bring the sacrifices and of course they had to be filleted they had to be cut apart and even the inwards laid upon the altar. So what was the sign of God accepting their sacrifices? You know what the sign was? Fire came down from heaven. Yep. That's <sighs> it. Consumed that sacrifice. Amen. He said and, and he said, hey, guess what? When you do it this way, it's acceptable. So that was a sign that he accepted them. Their sacrifice. Because that was part of the covenant. So, so in the New Testament, what was the sign that God accepted the sacrifice? What did he say? You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Yep. Amen. And so, so when we obey his covenant, when we obey his covenant, guess what? Uh, when Jesus gave up the ghost, you read that in the Gospels, the Bible says when he gave up the ghost, when he, when he, when he, when he died, guess what happened? The, 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 veil in the temple was rent mm -hmm. symbolizing the end of the old covenant and the beginning of the new covenant yeah. because now they had access to God Amen. hallelujah three days later guess what happened after they took his body off of the cross laid him in that tomb three days later guess what happened he resurrected Amen. from the dead Amen. but what did he do before all that took place he shed his blood for you and I. Yes. Amen. 
He cut the covenant. He cut the covenant. So he shed his blood for you and I. So when we acknowledge that sacrifice that he made, the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. When we acknowledge that sacrifice, guess what? We say, he died for me. So I'm going to obey his covenant. So if he shed his blood for me, for my sin, I'm going to apply the blood to me. How do you do that? When you repent of your sins. Well, we're going to get into it here. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping ahead of myself here. Well, let's look at the scripture. It's all we got, scripture. Thank God that's all we got. Amen. Isaiah 52 is where I want to go. So, remember he said, uh, we just got done reading. He said that it was built upon better promises. Uh, established, which was established upon better promises. And that was in Hebrews 8, uh, 6. Uh, so this covenant is established on bed. Look what he says in, in Isaiah 52, uh, verse number 1. Did I give you a, a, a verse? Isaiah 52, verse number 1. Look what he says. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. Man. Put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. So in other words, the uncircumcised and the unclean were never going to enter Zion. We're never going to enter Jerusalem anymore. This was a prophetic utterance of the New Testament covenant. Mm. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments. Guess what? When we come into this, when we obey God's word and, and we repent and we are baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins and filled with the Holy Ghost, guess what we do? We put on our beautiful garments. Yes. Amen. For henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. It's amazing, isn't it? Remember what Paul said in uh, Romans chapter 15 when he said, uh, let, me, let me read that again. Let me read it again. He says, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. A minister of the circumcision of the truth of God. So he was a minister of the circumcision of the truth of God. So he was talking about the New Testament circumcision. New Testament circumcision. You go to Colossians chapter 2, verse number uh, 10. Uh, you see there, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised. Everybody see that? With the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Woo. By the circumcision of Christ. 
But how's that? Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. So in other words, water baptism in the New Testament is New Testament circumcision. Yes, amen. You know what? Uh, hidden in all the, the, the Jewish uh, beliefs and practices, their faith, and in the in the in the Hebrew, of course, uh, the person that does the circumcising is called the circumciser, obviously. And the Hebrew say moil. Moil. The circumciser. In Hebrew tradition, in Hebrew, in Hebrew faith, when the when when the son was born, they waited for the eighth day. The seventh day they went through after his birth, the eighth day he became, he becomes a son of Israel. So the eighth day they they circumcise him according to the law. You read that in the scripture. That's what the Lord, that was the commandments that the Lord gave to the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, that your sons be circumcised. They circumcised the eighth day. Okay? So we see that when they circumcise, they, they would, they would uh, begin the ceremony of circumcision. Of course, uh, they would call upon the priest or the minister, the moil, the circumciser, to perform the duties of circumcision. Yeah. Now here's the thing. When they circumcise that child, before they circumcise him, before they cut away the foreskin of his flesh, flesh this is what they did. The, the, the minister took a, got a cup of wine, and he took a drink of that wine and put it down and then he stuck his finger in that wine and then he placed his wine on the lips of that child. And that child would, their tongue would go out there and they would you know, taste that wine. And so as that child was tasting that wine, he would dip his finger in that wine a second time and then he would place it on that child's tongue. Why do you think they did that? And then they administered the operation of circumcision where they would cut the foreskin, cutting the covenant. But why would you think that the priest, the, the, the moil would take the cup of wine and drink it and then he would put his finger in that wine and touch the child's lips the first time and the second time he would touch the, child, the child's tongue. Why do you think he would do that? Tongues. Evidence. What did they accuse the apostles of being? Drunk These with men are wine. drunk with their wine. Yeah. So that was a type of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Drinking the new wine. Amen. So when that child was, was circumcised, they administered the wine. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Amen. 
And, and we see that. And so we're talking about New Testament circumcision. We're talking about what it says here. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Amen. Man, beautiful, isn't it? Amen. <laughs> so, here's the thing. He came to confirm the promises. Everybody say, confirm the promises. Confirm the promises. He's speaking to you and I. Look what he says there in Romans chapter 2. The Apostle Paul. Uh, did I get that? Right? I don't think so. Verse number 29. Look what he says. He said, But he is a Jew. He is a Jew. Everybody see that? Mm -hmm. Who's a Jew? But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is of men, but is not of men, but of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. So he is a Jew, inwardly, which is one inwardly, who is circumcised in the heart, and in the spirit, and not of the letter. In other words, not like the old covenant, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So guess what? Because, because of New Testament circumcision, water baptism, guess what we become? Jews. Spiritual Jews. Spiritual Jews. Yeah. And here, here's the thing. We're not just spiritual Jews because our father belonged to the royal tribe of Judah. We are a royal priesthood. Amen. Amen. A holy nation. Yes. A peculiar Woo! people. Amen. We belong to the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I heard something kind of disturbing. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm just going to give you an example. I'm not going to talk about, you know, I heard something disturbing the other day about DNA. Because right now, scientists can alter DNA. Mm -hmm. They can. They 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 can get into the your blood and, and all this and your DNA and they can alter your DNA. They could take things out of your DNA and they could put other things in there. And what I heard was disturbing. It was a negative. Uh, a negative uh, information, information about it. <clears throat> so I was thinking, if that's true, if they could alter your DNA, if man can do that to a human being's DNA, God can do that to our DNA. That's right. Amen. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Yes. 
Why is it I feel so special right now? Yeah. Amen. Yep. Amen. Huh? Don't you feel special? Yes. Amen. Woo. Amen. Why? Because you have obeyed him. Yes. You have obeyed his word. You humbled yourself and you repented of your sins. You were baptized in his name for the remission of your sins. And you were filled with the Holy Ghost. So guess what? You are a child of God. You belong to the royal tribe of Judah. Amen. Because of who your heavenly father is. Yes. So I believe he has altered our DNA. Yeah. And so as if Paul says that we are spiritual Jews. Ooh, that's why I feel that way, I guess. Yeah, amen. Not in, in a sense why I feel conceited, but I feel special. Yes, amen. He came, he came, and he obviously gave us these promises. These promises. Man, that's amazing, isn't it? Yes. Hallelujah. What's amazing is how God moves and God works. I was thinking about what he told Abraham. Of course, that was before he's... His name was changed. He was Abraham, and he, and, and he was an Ur of the child Jesus. He said, Abraham, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your kindred, and I want you to go to a land that I will show you. He didn't show it to him right away. He said, but go to a land that I will show you. I almost thought about this. I wonder why. Obviously, where Abraham was... <coughs> must not have had too much impact on him. It must not have made, uh, you know, influenced him too greatly because when God spoke to him that, and here, here he, he spoke to him, he said, Abraham, if you do this, he said, I, I, I'm going to bless you. So if you just go ahead and leave your country and leave your kinsmen and go to a land that I will show you. Yeah. You know what Abraham does? Okay. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Not knowing that you went to the writer in, in Hebrew said, whether not knowing whether he went. Yeah. Amen. Didn't know he was going, but all he knew was God was told him to go. Yeah. And so here was Abraham. You know what he did? He obeyed the Lord. Amen. Amen. And because of his obedience, the Bible says that uh, uh, that was his righteousness. Yeah. And he became a friend. Of God. Amen. Because he believed. Wow. That's how it is right now. But what do you think? What do you think influenced Abraham to leave and to move from his country and from his kindred? What do you think influenced Abraham? Does anybody know? The promises. I have to think about that. I think about what the Lord might have done. He might have just kind of said, Abraham, this is just going to be a little bit of what I'm going to give to you. Because he didn't reveal all of it to him. At the beginning, he said, I'm just going to hear this. Is, Abraham, this is what I'm offering you right now. If you leave your country, if you leave your kingdom, this is what I'm giving you. And Abraham's in. He said, okay. Yeah. He he left because of the promises. 
Did you know that God has promises for you? Amen. Amen. And if Abraham had a promise from God, guess what? We all have promises from yep. God. That's what we're talking about, isn't That's it? That's right. These promises. Woo, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to make you exceeding great. Guess what? That's what God wants to do for us. Hallelujah. That's why we're here. That's why I'm here. Amen. I want to obey God. I want to Amen. I want to walk. And you know what? Guess what? God has been keeping his promise yes. with me. Amen. How about you? Yep. Amen. So, so you see that. This covenant. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. And... Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verses number 26 to 29, it says, For ye are all, look what he says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Everybody see that? You are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So when you were baptized into Christ, you have put him on. Now look what he says. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. In other words, we all have equal access. Yes. To what? To the promises. Because that's what he's talking about here. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. Everybody see that? And heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. Amen. Here, here's the beautiful thing. Back then, who were the ones to get circumcised under the Old Testament covenant? Yeah. Males. Women weren't circumcised, were they? Just the, just the males. But just because, the, here's the thing. If you ever study it, access to the tabernacle and access to the temple, the only ones that had we could get right up there to where the where the temple was, to the to the to where they offered the sacrifices were the uh, Israelite males. Mm -hmm. The women had a court that they could that they could uh, assemble to, but it was further away from where they sacrificed, and it was called the court of of the women because they couldn't access the presence of God like the gen like the men could. Mm -hmm. Can you see that? Yeah. They were kept at a certain position. Okay. Because the promise was made, obviously, the promise was made to the sons of Israel. And, and because of that, so, so that's why the Apostle Paul said that there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's not, there's not going to be any, uh, how would I say that? Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Discrimination. Mm. Oh, that came. <laughs> Took me a while, but I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> There's not going to be any discrimination. Neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. If you're a slave, are you a free person? There's neither male nor female. So in other words, the, the females weren't, you know, weren't kept in that certain area that they could, where they had to be. There's neither male or female. 
and for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In other words, we all have amen, equal access yes. amen. to him. Amen. Those barriers, those partitions were taken down, as Paul said. They were taken down. So now it's not just the Jewish males anymore. It's, it's the women. And it's not anymore where Gentiles cannot enter. Now we can enter. Yes. That barrier has been breaking down. So that's what he's talking about. And if ye be Christ, then are ye what? Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Ooh, that's why this covenant is so great. Now, if that's the, if that's what the Word of God states, guess what? If New Testament uh, water baptism is circumcision, and of course, what he say way back in the book of Genesis, we read that in chapter 17, it was a perpetual covenant. Mm -hmm. Huh? Didn't we read that? Mm -hmm. It was a perpetual covenant, and guess, guess what? An everlasting covenant? Yeah. In other words, that covenant wasn't going to end. It was going to keep on going on. But here's the thing. We don't have to adhere to Old Testament circumcision anymore because of the New Testament circumcision. Amen. So if New Testament circumcision is, is water baptism in Jesus' name, hello. Yeah. All of you that don't believe in water baptism, you don't have the promise that God gave to Abraham and to all the seed that would come from him. That's right. Yeah. Why? Because water, because circumcision was a stipulation of that promise. Mm -hmm. And New Testament water baptism in Jesus' name is New Testament circumcision. Amen. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. I would call that a definite article. Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. So I'm wondering, because you haven't been circumcised, who's blessing you? Mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. You know, people, their interpretation of the Word of God is... If I want to say it in this way, it's way out in left field. Mm. And it, when we think about prosperity, we think about blessing right away. We think about material wealth, financial wealth. Mm -hmm. We don't think about the spiritual. That's right. Amen. When that's what God was intending to do, the spiritual. Guess what? The greatest blessing, the greatest riches oh, a man could ever obtain, a man and woman, is the infilling of the Holy right. Ghost. That's right. Amen. And when you receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost, all these other things are after. That's it. Amen. Wow. Hallelujah. So guess what? As far as I know, the church hasn't been raptured up. Because if it has, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody told me about it. He hasn't told me about it. But obviously it's not raptured up, is it? That's right. So because it's not raptured up, guess what? We, the promises are still valid. Amen. 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 So 
So that promise to each and every one of you, even you young gentlemen here. Even you young people there. Promises are to you. They're yours. Yeah. You can have them. But you just have to be circumcised. Amen. You have to be baptized. That's right. In Jesus' name. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Last but not least, Philippians chapter 3. I like what Paul said here. Very beautiful statement. It says, uh, look what he says, verse number three, for we are the circumcision. He's talking to us, aren't he? Isn't he? Yeah. We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. My Now you see why it's beautiful. This New Testament salvation is so beautiful and what we have in Him. <coughs> Remember that. Jesus Christ, minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, came to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. And that promise was also not just to the fathers, but to the Gentiles. That's you and I. Thank you very much for your amen, your patience this morning. I hope you learned something. Amen. amen. God is good. Worthy of all praise. Hallelujah. So this evening, of course, as always, prayer at six. Service at 6:30. Looking forward to a great move of God. Um, let's do what we can to glorify Him. And uh, don't forget, after this morning, we'll be having a cake in the fellowship hall. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a good day. Amen.